Today's episode is brought to you by Mirafit, strength and conditioning equipment supplier to Giants Live. Mirafit make quality training equipment accessible to all. Whether you're a beginner considering working out for the first time, a regular lifter, or professional athlete, Mirafit can be part of your journey. Mirafit's goal is to help people improve their lives through exercise and champion the value of strength training. It's time to stop talking and focus your mind on becoming the best you can be. Train to feel good. Become healthier, leaner, stronger, faster. Train to be better. It's you versus you and fit never quits. To see Mirafit's excellent range of equipment, find ideas to improve your training or get inspirational expert advice from our athletes, visit mirafit.co.uk. Make Mirafit part of your journey. Welcome to another episode of the Giants Live Strongman Podcast with myself, Brycey Daz, and our guest for this week is none other than Brycey's son, Adam Bishop. <laughs> Good lad. Yeah. We, we share the same hairline, unfortunately. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Do you remember when you first saw Bish? Do you re- obviously, after it was some. Um, it was uh, yeah. It was across a crowded room. We we locked <laughs> eyes. What kind of a question is that? <laughs> well, because at what point did you think? Hang on a second. We do look alike. Uh, I don't know. I, th- I think um, I've, you know, I've got millions of doppelgangers. I think everyone, a lot of people have the sort of the, the V hairline, and yeah. the, um, I don't know. I don't think we do actually look anywhere. Yeah. Like, like I've like never thought we've we got, like we got the same hairline. I think that, that's about it. I think Radji looks more like Bish, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's probably because we're both kind of nine and a half out of tens. We're hot. <laughs> we're hot. That's it. Yeah. We're only human. You know what I mean? <laughs> Combine. <laughs> how much? How much are you weigh at the moment? Uh, I'm sitting about like 150, 155. I've stopped weighing myself because I got proper obsessed oh, with it. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of going off like numbers in training now because I was, I started just obsessed with it. Like looking at the scales every morning and going, oh, I'm going to have a good day or not based off how much I'm weighing and it just wasn't healthy. So but what what are your numbers now in training then? Are you, if you're just off numbers now, are you in the best shape of your life? Yeah. yeah. Really? I was with a smile. Yeah, definitely. Like deadlift, I've been putting raw for the last... Um, well, probably 18 weeks ever since the deadlift champs, actually, you've been putting raw and numbers are on the way, on the way up. Uh, overheads have been the best it's been, which historically has been a week. We, we want numbers. Me. We want numbers. Numbers. Uh, numbers. Well, I hit a, hit a 220 behind the neck jerk this week. Choking me. Yeah. Looked really good as well. Yeah. There's more there. Bloody hell, mate. Uh, I pulled a 420 uh, raw deadlift this week, um, which is great as well. Haven't even put the suit in yet, which is obviously for later in the year we will do. Um, stones. I'm repping the two ten stone over the bar, so yeah, I'm in. A, I'm in a really good spot. Can we talk about when you first pulled the thousand pounds? Mm. Because that was a flipping special day. Yeah. When so many men did it mm. that day, how confident were you it was going to happen? Yeah, I, I knew I was going to be pulling it. I'd, I'd kind of been closest out of the group of guys there, actually thinking about it. I was. I was more shocked. I didn't think, for example, that Evan was going to pull right, it. Right. I didn't think Novikov was going to pull it. No, no, um, yeah. And so, they, they were epic when they, they, they pulled it. It kind of made the night even more more special. Put a little bit more pressure on me, you know, because I think I went after them. You uh, were, yeah, you were. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I knew I was going to pull it. Like My trainer had been spot on for it. I'm a, You know, I'm a numbers guy. I like to do the maths in it. There was this awful point that night where I looked, I thought, have we, we misloaded this bike? Everyone's pulling <laughs> a thousand pounds. Yeah. It like, but it, it was great. It, it was absolutely, absolutely bonkers night. I mean, like we, we said before, when when Eddie pulled five hundred, I got four. I pulled four hundred and came last in the deadlift. But then on that night, you know, four twenty got you last place in the in the deadlift champs, which it's is shame, it's, really. it's insane. Over nine hundred pounds. We're speaking to Gav Bilton. I think it was four twenty five, 
And he yeah. was like, he was like, that was his, that was the biggest Welsh deadlift. This is PB, record. and everyone went, oh, Gaff came last. Yeah, four twenty-five. It's like what you know I, what I mean. I think people, especially people maybe new to the sport, have come, become a bit. Um, they're just used to big numbers now. They're used to. It sounds crazy. They're used to pulls over a thousand pounds. Do you not think people 500? have forgotten how heavy four hundred kilos is? Definitely. It's like oh, you can't do four hundred. It's like what? Like that is massive. A, a tiny like number of people in this world have pulled four hundred kilos. Yeah. Tiny, tiny like percentage, and yet it's kind of like oh, it's just an opening lift now. That's how mm. much the sports developed. It's scary. Yeah. It's scary. But when 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 Dan Vinces, when you said raw earlier, mm. you meant no suit, no suit. Yeah, I was using still you using still, straps. Still use straps, still use straps because because yeah. of the sheer volume of training. Presumably, you don't want to start risking just risking my thumbs. I, I would yeah. hook grip, um, and I've been practicing my hook grip you in training. Hook grip. But, wow, okay. but I think yeah, I've got a couple of bicep tears, so I ain't mixed gripping anymore. No, there's no need um, to show off in training, is there? No. So I, I have been hook gripping in training, but and I've got that as an option. But yeah, I think straps is still going to be a, a better option. Mm. You know numbers, so. What happens if your numbers aren't what you need them to be going into something? So if you've got a model that you're following or a program mm. and you've you've missed a couple, does that get in your head? Um, it doesn't actually happen, mate. Wow. Uh, I don't. I, I tend to undercook everything in training, so I'm I, I'm never. I'm not one of these guys to be pulling super heavy in training. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, it'll all be kind of sub max lifts um, because you, it, the whole point of a training program is you perform on the day, not put do your best work like two or three weeks beforehand. Like, so I, I've always had problems like go to plan. Mm. Now that's not saying I haven't had days where it doesn't feel like it's on and maybe I won't train that day and I'll come back the next day and do it. Okay. Um, just because you have variance in how recovered you are and how you're feeling. Um, but yeah, if, if a program, you should always hit every single lift, you know, you shouldn't be missing lifts in training. And 505, mm. that's, that's nuts given that I recall your 300 kilo deadlift <laughs> in Power Base Loughborough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a long time ago. Um, and that was a bad lift, I remember. Was that, that your first 300 or something? Yeah. When you, were, you witnessed it. Was it was the first 300 in Power Base Gym. And how your back is not got scoliosis off the back yeah, of that. Yeah. It was, mate, it was, you're almost at a 90 degree angle. Yeah. And it was, he's having a go, he's pulling it, it's to his knee. It's still at his knee. It's still at his knee. He's done it. Yeah, it's it's weird for me because obviously, like I'm I'm quite well known as a, a technically you know, sound lifter now, and people think I've just always had that. But if you go back and look at some of the vids, like there were some proper like snapback action deadlifts back in the day, you know, uh, and like yeah, going from that 300, and just kind of it's just constant work, you know, it's 12 years of kind of hard work. Are you still a, still a rugby player then? I was, still a, I was still playing rugby at the time, yeah. I was 100, 105 kilo or 100 kilo. Uh, still had this same size head at 100 kilo. So I look like a <laughs> That's why he's my son. Yeah. <laughs> he's got the heed. So, you know, I was a bit of a funny shape, but obviously, you know, dead things always kind of come naturally to me. And So how, how many men in, 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 in rugby could, do you think, could deadlift 300? A very few, not a very small number. Uh, no, no one at Quinns. I think the best, the best deadlift we had at Quinns, and not many people did deadlift with a straight bar. Mm. If we were to deadlift, they might do a, use a trap bar. Just mm. as a, it's kind of risk versus reward, mm. uh, because you know these guys are paid to play rugby. They're not paid to lift. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if I break someone, them doing deadlifts with a straight bar, um, and they can't play at the weekend, I'm in trouble. But I guess uh, I guess if someone would have to be so within themselves at 300 kilos for them to be doing it in rugby. So yeah. they'd probably be an even bigger deadlifter, but they're not. They're no, no. Not. The highest deadlift we had was uh, Carl Sinclair pulled uh, 270 on a straight bar. Uh, we've had a couple close to the 300 mark on a trap bar. Um, but yeah, no no massive, massive pullers. They've got to do so much. Like People see rugby players as these big, strong guys, but 
they still have to be able to run around the field for 80 minutes. They've got to make multiple hits, get up and down off the floor. I mean, you try and get strong men to do get up and down off the floor multiple times. Without, without spotters? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll be screwed. So, you know, it, they've kind of got to be a jack of all trades, really, a master of none, the, the rugby So what would, you, what would you sort of um, compare their training to? I know they do quite a lot of squats and power cleans and things like that. You know, is it more CrossFit-esque or what's... No, no, we, we, we used to keep to the basics. Uh, they used to lift heavy still. We were training for strength, uh, a lot of squats. Uh, like I said, power cleans as well we'd use. Uh, I'd used to use a lot of box jumps, so a lot of more kind of power-based movements. Mm. Um, and then just general upper body, we used to do some bodybuilding movements for the upper body just to maintain balance uh, and a lot of neck work. Yeah. Uh, obviously, really? we need the, the necks to be strong, mm. uh, especially because I was predominantly working with the forwards, um, and those guys take a beating, so mm. keeping their neck strong is really important. But yeah, most of their conditioning work was done on the field, um, you know, via running, kind of contact conditioning work, pushing sleds. Uh, but yeah, we, we had limited time of them as well in the gym. It's not like, you know, you're kind of NFL players who have got really short seasons, so they can do a load of work in the off-season and then kind of just, mm. just play play kind of American football, we had to make kind of small gains throughout the, the whole year to keep these guys kind of strong and, and progressing. How did you get that job, by the way, working with the Quins? Yes, I mean, I left, uh, when I left uni, uh, I'd study, I got a degree in sports science. Um, and at, I, at the same uni? Same these, uni, yeah. Uh, these but, two? Up at Loughborough, yeah. You, were you sports science? Economics. E- oh, economics. Conversation. Yeah, he, he, was a, he was a smart sack. one. He was, <laughs> he was a smart one. I just did like running about and lifting stuff. Um, but yeah, so I, I applied for a, um, it was an unpaid position at Harlequins. Um, uh, so it's a, vol- a volunteer role. I mean, you can't call it an internship anymore for legal reasons. Uh, <laughs> it's an unpaid volunteer role. And I, was, I worked there for a year. Um, and I was very fortunate. There was a guy who was in one of the paid roles, left the club. Uh, and I interviewed for it and, and got that entry role. And yeah was there for, for 10 years. Because that's like the dream, especially at Loughborough. You go to Loughborough, a lot of people do sports science. Yeah. The dream is you're going to work in football, athletics, one of the big sports, and there you were, and then roll on not that many years, you're then head of S&C. It's yeah. like this guy's just done it. It's, it's a weird one as well. Like people see, you know, strength and conditioning, it's a, it's a massively saturated field now. So like say everyone wants to get into it. It's kind of bright lights of working professional athletes. And it is brilliant. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's fantastic working with these guys because they are kind of the genetic elite. Um, but, you know, the pay is not as good as people expect. The hours are long and mm. irregular. You work a lot of weekends. So a lot of people kind of get spat out the other side and end up back working in the private sector where there's more money, more job flexibility. Um, so obviously now, now you've, you've uh, retired from that. So from a strongman point of view, has it helped a lot been able to not do that full-time work? Do you feel like you've progressed a lot? Yeah. I mean, it, the idea of going full-time kind of kind of came about during lockdown. Um, it's kind of a big positive for me. We we got shut down for about six weeks, um, no rugby, and we were at home. And I just realized how strong I was getting in my training, eating, my sleep was better because I wasn't having to do the full work day. Um, so that's when I kind of, I first talked with a club and said, look, I'd like to maybe get some more flexible working hours. And they were brilliant. They kind of reduced my hours down. Um, and then we got to a point where I was like, look, I've kind of got to go for this. Um, as long as I was financially stable, uh, in, you know, from money from my sponsors, et cetera, to match my salary from Quinn's, um, I, I think I'd regret it if I didn't go full time and mm. part time training, part time results. You always said, I think we chatted about it before as well. And that's exactly what you said to me. Mm. Um, so I went, I went full time and yeah, it was the, the biggest difference I found, like my training didn't really change that much. I was still doing the same kind of work. Mm. It was just my recovery. Mm. I wasn't up at kind of five thirty, six o'clock to get into the club. I wasn't grabbing a quick meal in between sessions. I was able to sit down, eat, 
my body weight started to jump up. Uh, my sleep quality was better. And, and then I was seeing that, you know, these the training sessions were kind of improving kind of back to back, really. You've got to back yourself in life, isn't it? I mean, yeah. It's as simple as that. And it's, 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 a- it's a strange one, though, because you get in that, been in that position, you've got a real good job that you dreamed of. Yeah. But then you've got, you, you know, think, actually, I want to be the world's strongest man as well. So yeah. it's a big decision, I bet. It's not like if you're in a crappy job, yeah. it's yeah. like easy. But, you know, when you're in that position that a lot of people want to be in. Yeah. I take it, don't be wrong. I'll still, I'll still obviously got a good relationship with the guys at, at Quinn's and I pop in from time to time, usually to like nick, nick some equipment or or borrow some physiotherapy bits. But, you know, it was a, a dream job and kind of something I really enjoyed. Um, but, yeah, the kind of dream is to, to win World's Strongest Man and you, you can't do that. With you a can always go role. back to that sort of exactly. job as well, can't exactly. you? Yeah. And ultimately, I'm a coach. That's what I really enjoy doing. I love seeing kind of people progress and, mm. and it's a good skill that I can always go back to and, and get a job with him. Oh, you, you have to say, and it's fair to say, three times World's Strongest Man finalist in a row. Mm. Um, you know, so top 10 in the world, three times, three years in a row. Um, and would it, uh, it would be fair to say you were not one of the bigger guys in the final. Is that, 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 I mean, there's some, what's the average size of the finalist? Jeez, WSM yeah, in the last, on. well, with the year of Hapthor, <laughs> there was the, big well, Brian. Yeah, what was the heaviest you they had? There was like an average of 170, wasn't there, one year? So we're giants. That was the yeah. first year you made it, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's not a bad advertisement for your ability to, to train an athlete, seeing as you're training yourself. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think I learned that coming up from the under 105s because I didn't, you know, I was built like a string bean and I had to get technically very proficient at events. And that kind of carried me over to, you know, when I did start getting heavier, that kind of strength came quite quite quickly and naturally because I was quite proficient at the lifts. And I think that's kind of a good message for people kind of starting out really mm. is just get, get as kind of proficient with all the different techniques as possible and then the strength will come. Don't like go start chasing numbers straight away, mm. you know, because that's how you get hurt and injured. And you can always get bigger. That's the easy bit. You know, I it's think just some people try. Training. Do you not know, think some people try and get into strongman and trying to do too many events? And I think if you get like because there's so many strongman events, people start training it. I think that a lot of people be as well getting the static lifts up first mm. because it's hard to get the static lifts up when you're doing all these events at the same time, isn't it? Yeah. And they, 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 you, you never you never, never did powerlifting. You never did a I did I did two shows and it was really boring. Yeah. <laughs> like really? oh my god, but like the powerlifting, you know, that sorry. Was for, wasn't it? You did one show. Yeah, I did one show yeah. and it was just you're just waiting around. Sorry to all the powerlifters out there, but they need to do something because it's just so slow. And I got there and I was lifting some knee wraps and they I got told my knee wraps were uh, half a centimetre too long and I couldn't really? use them. I'd have to cut them down. I was like, this is a bit this bit petty so yeah mm. strongman's much more interesting for me it's just a more I think he's a better spectator show than powerlifting for sure you know Bryce just says so three times you've been top 10 in the world ultimately do you feel as though you get that recognition because I think at the moment especially you think about the Stoltmans people would often talk about I feel as though you're the perennial underdog at the moment <laughs> where if you if you look at your accomplishments look at your numbers look at you at your best on each event you'd say well this guy's one of the best on planet earth but I feel as though people don't necessarily see that all the time. Uh, maybe I'm not I'm as big on social media as some of the other guys. That's just just not me. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't enjoy kind of like putting out the, that stuff. I'm I'm just an athlete, really. Yeah. Maybe I'm I'm turning into like the Tim Henman of strongman, <laughs> which might not be the best thing. You know, the perennial <laughs> underdog. You know, but he got paid well, like you say. You know, uh, but yeah, maybe you know, maybe. But I wouldn't really change anything. 
I think I am who I am, and I've just I think if you're not that way out, I think if you tried to force it, it look false. Yeah, some people 100%. like that, and they, they gel to it, don't they? But I think if you're not that sort of guy who's going to put stuff on social media, I think it, 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 people would see it anyway. It definitely, yeah. But you also, weirdly, you also love the crowds. So when you come out, for example, you don't sort of go, "Hi guys, I'm here." Yeah. You do go. You can see you're bang up for it, and you yeah, do, yeah. when you're actually performing, you become or competing, you almost become a performer. Yeah, definitely. That's the that's a great part of competing. It's, it's in front of the live crowd, etc. Um, but you know, having to think about filming stuff for YouTube every day doesn't really excite me as much as as kind of uh, going out and, and competing in, in front of kind of like ten thousand people at these kind of shows. Really, it's just not the same. So. It, here's a question: If you were to change anything about your genetics, what one thing would you change? Keep it clean. Keep it clean. Yeah. Um, I think maybe maybe a couple of inches taller, extra bit of height would have been useful. Um, a couple of inches longer. Yeah, a couple of okay. Everyone wants when you're a couple, lying on the ground. Obviously. Everyone wants a couple of inches. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, height, height is obviously been well well kind of shown to be beneficial in strongman. So yeah, maybe that. Because it is it is nuts. So you think of someone like I don't know um, Hicksie or um, why can I not think of his name? American Bobby, world's, world's strongest gay. Uh, Rob Kearney. Kearney. Thank you, Kearney. So you think how relatively short they are and somehow they're managing to compete. But I feel as though I associate you with being the fast guy. Yeah. That's the thing that you, but has, has body weight possibly affected that? I, I could think of some other famously shorter uh, WSM athletes. Daz is always the original. I mean, currently competing. Four times world's strongest man competitor. You might have. <laughs> also world champion under 105. He wasn't. No, I think, I think that when, when I went heavier, I mean, Bish did the 105 as well. When I went heavier, I wasn't a better athlete, even in the heavyweights. I once tried to put on weight. So I competed about just over 120 at my heaviest. And then one time I decided at Britain's Strongest Man 2008 to, to try and go up. And I was slightly stronger, but all the speed stuff that I could win, Tell I you was so far back. I told my hamstring. Yeah, but all the stuff like that was wrestling. Someone put wrestling in Britain's Strongest Man. Can you believe it? Who did that? Who did that? He was a, he was a judoka. He I was, actually, he was really it. well. I won the wrestling in my heat, but then walked out with the Tony Hamstring, so I couldn't do the final very well. But um, yeah, I, I found that me going up towards the 130, the, the, in the gym I was like, oh, wow, actually this, I'm getting quite a bit stronger. But on the strongman scene, the farmer's walks, the yokes, carrying anything... I was then just the same as everybody else. Why lost, is that? Because you just lose all your speed. You know, I mean, obviously, it's it's a different world now at Strongman. And, Bish, you know, although I was quite good at static, you are, you know, certainly the deadlift. You're up there the best in the world. Log, you, you overhead press is still good, but it's not like, the, you know, in the top no, two or not, three. It's not, it's not top three or top five. If we've got a deadlift for reps, I'm looking at Bish thinking, Bish is going to probably win this especially if it's heavy for reps. Mm. So putting on that weight, he's still going to gain that. But if, you, if, you, if you're a fast mover, which Bish was as well, I think possibly he might have lost a little bit yeah. of that, but then at least he's gained at the top end. So it's a balancing act for these guys. Definitely. Ultimately, I, th I think, you know, if you, if you use Ed as a, as a shorter WSM finalist athlete, as what, 6'2", Claimed to be six three, whatever, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he, he what was he? We was he was around the one sixty five mark, then one seventy, and he slowly crept up to when he was doing the deadlift and just dedicated himself Prime to that one ninety kilos. And I think he then harnessed that 
shrunk himself just a little bit. Yeah, and he was in. He was. But we have to remember it was a. It was a, obviously. I don't want to say it was a different time, but the world's strongest man goes through trends, and that trend there had been getting steadily heavier and heavier to suit the mm. fact we had Brian. Uh, Thor, mm. Zadrunas and Eddie really pushing things statically. Mm. So those weights were a lot heavier, so you could afford to be a heavier athlete. But you know the other sure one. Right what year the Lissis one in uh, 19, right? That year in the final, Brian and Thor looked absolutely massive, right? Do you not remember? They just yeah, turned huge. up huge. Big mistake. Mm. Because they both, all the moving events, mm. they both looked like stuck in the mud. And also, even there was like a grip event and all the hands just put up so much weight, the hands... You can almost get two, your hands too swollen to be good at grip. And I, who, think, do, who do you think is the strongest, world's strongest man winner ever? Uh, like Zadrunas, twenty fifteen, or da da da. Do you, do you think? Do you think who? Who? If you had to pit them all against each other, see, I, see, I think Pudinowski gets gets forgotten about these days because I think for dominance, they call him the dominator, and everyone said, "Oh yeah, would he be in Zadrunas?" Well, Zadrunas was there a lot of the time when Mario. I know Zadrunas missed a couple of years, but. Marius genuinely did beat Sedunus a lot of the time. He did before, and, yeah, before and, and there was a time where you like you turn up. Certainly, mm. when I was at World's Strongest Man, you'd watch Marius and be like, "It was like a different creature." Yeah, you know, he, you know, he's won more events at World's Strongest Man than anyone else, despite Sedunus and Brian's longevity. Wow. I'm going to Kazmaier 82. Go to Strongman Archives. He's won 26 events or something. But comparing Kazmaier, it's difficult. It's, it's tough. Com- it's comparing tough, yeah. generations is difficult, I think. But for me, like if you looked at who was there, if, you, if you're on about who was actually there that year and who actually took the mick and won it, I'm going with Pudzianowski. Mm. Because I seem, you, you're there, you watch him do something, how has he even done that? Yeah. Like the mm. speed, the movements, the transitions. Mm. And he still had the static power for reps. I know he wasn't a massive top-end guy, but that was just one event. Yeah. And let's say he came second or third mm. on a max deadlift, then he'd win every other event. You know? go, oh, I would probably say... Um, I'd say 2018 Hapthor. The 2018 Hapthor, I think he wasn't too heavy then. He went yeah. too heavy the next yeah, year. Yeah. Yeah. He was, you know, a bit like, you know, angrier than a cut snake for losing the year from a four to Eddie. And he just put that extra two or 3% of extra power on without forfeiting fitness and speed. And I think, what, what, what he, do you think he, he weighed there, like 185 or something? I don't know. Because when he came in there 200 know. kilos, I thought he just looked so slow. And same with Brian. You see how Brian's yeah. changed a bit in like recent down, years. Yeah. He looks better for it and he can move quick again. Yeah. But I mean, do you remember the, 2018, the moment I thought, well, this could be interesting. Could could Kieliszkowski turn it around here in the in, in the, the loading event? You know, this yeah. could be his massive Achilles yeah, heel, yeah, yeah. you know, set, penultimate event. He's I think he's won just about every event before that. And he went and won it. He went and won the loading event against Kieliszkowski in a head-to-head. Oh, yeah, that's and remember, right. he just ram, he ri- put the safe on at the end. Up, yeah. Yeah. 40 right, seconds yeah. of action. He was ahead of them the whole time. I thought, wow, he's really, he's got everything perfect. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree. I'd say that, because Thor didn't lose a strongman comp from, from obviously Worlds 2017 through to Worlds 2019. He did the annals. He, he did won Europe. All, he won all of he them. He did Worlds, yeah. So I think he's probably the most complete mm. strongman. Mm. We probably That version of him is probably the most that complete. That version. Yeah. I guess that was kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. 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 I wonder as well if mentally that was the most complete as well. So you're angry about 2017. You're totally focused. And then you're also... Because I remember speaking to you about... I think you gave me the metaphor about red rum that they looked at the anatomy of red rum, the horse, and said, is there anything special about it? 
and it turns out the only thing that happened was it didn't get injured. Right. And okay. so your kind of attitude is don't get injured, improve, don't get injured, and it's just tiny increments of Really? What, yeah. Is that what the, that, that, that's what the study into? I, I don't think I said that to you, but I agree oh, with fine, that. Yeah, okay. I agree with it. Like the great horse, so how much did he win more? So I believe, so Red Rum, I don't know anything about horse racing, but they did um, a biopsy mm. um, when it passed away and then realised there was nothing tendon-wise, strength-wise, anything other than the fact that it didn't ever get injured. And so therefore it improved on every race. But don't you think though, you know, if you get to find the world's strongest man, there's always like two people get injured. So automatically you're like seventh or eighth, you know yeah. what I mean? Before you even do <laughs> and, and there's And in the old days, there used to be two or three guys who would almost go demob happy after the heats. Yeah. <laughs> I have made the final, let's yeah, party. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, what? You're, you're now like two days before the biggest show of your life. And that's your mentality. Because you, you've, 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 you've achieved your goal. And, of and I'm done, yeah. And I'm in the so final. So they're done already. They were knackered. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Oh, I was, I was, you know, 20, 2019 making the first final. It was such an effort mentally to make that final. I thought I'd missed out, you know, a couple of years previously mm. quite closely. That, yeah, I, I was kind of so happy just to be in the final. So you experienced that? I experienced that, yeah. After that stone off and I was in the final, I was like, no, this is awesome. And it, then you're like, oh man, I've got to do another five events here in one day. It's like, you know, how <laughs> do you, you, you wonder, back up for that, you know? Like people at home watching it, like we see it because we've been there so many times, but the guy who's going to win it right has just cruised through his heat. Cruise through he's it. used no energy. Yeah. He's got to the final and he's just, you know, maybe he's got a second, a couple of firsts, maybe a third, and he's got through and he's fresh. Whereas that guy that's battled through, he's already knackered. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You know, but then next year that guy might cruise through. Yeah. So like you said, the first year you did it, you battled so hard to get there, didn't you? Yeah. Whereas I think the you know, I mean you always you've always battled to be fair to get through. Oh god, yeah. It's been it's been tough. Like, you know, worlds and it, I think even though maybe we could say that, you know, if you look at the static strength of kind of the guys who came before, like obviously Thor and and Brian, you know, when he was winning won his titles and, mm. and Eddie, you know, I don't know if guys are on that same static strength level competing. I mm. think the the strength in depth is so much higher. Mm. That there's no there's no easy groups at Worlds. You have to fight for every event, even if you're one of these top guys now. You know, I think Brian will have to fight for every event still. He can't just cruise like he has done previously. Um, and the big guys, you have to because every every single guy there is. Has Brian is has Brian ever since like year one? I think maybe from 09 onwards. I think is he always qualified first in his group? I think so. I think he has. Yeah. Do, you, do you know? Yeah. Do you know? You look at groups. Right? So all the yeah. groups come out. Pretty you look at the groups. Let's say you're Brian Shaw or, or whoever or Thor or whoever, and you look at the groups and you go, right, so I might have Kilkowski and, and I don't know, so, someone else that's quite good in third. And then you've got a couple at the bottom that go, well, forget about them. They're not going to do any good. Well, like, look at someone like Maxine mm. uh, or, or Ivers Smokestellers uh, yeah. or uh, the Icelandic guy. Um, Ethor Melster. Ethor. So Ethor's like, oh, I've got Ethor in my group. No disrespect to Ethor. Because we knew how good he was, mm. but it's like so. If you had Ethor and you group, be like, "Oh, Ethor's not that good. He'll probably come second to last. Don't worry about him. You're more worried about the Brian Shaws." Mm. Ethor was like so good last year, mm. yeah. but no one worried about him. And all of a sudden, he's in the final. Mm -hmm. It's like, how did that happen? Maxime, no one worried about Maxime. Mm. You know, Maxime was what was he? When did he come? His third. Third. Yeah. 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 You very few would have picked Ethor and Maxime. Never to go through never and, and the people I know I know this for a fact I'm not going to name names but people that had them in the group went oh I'm not even worried about those guys mm. well you should have been yeah and now there's more guys like that yeah so so people at home will look and go right Shaw wins this group Lissy sins this group 
there's a few names under there. It is, it is one for you, though. <laughs> Worlds often has a lot of quirky events, uh, such as the train push last year. So it tested something you don't normally get tested and seen, you know, and it suited, suits some people and doesn't suit others. And it was a fine strength test. I thought it gave good results that yielded results that were differing depending on how much power you put into it. It wasn't just a random, you know, thing. But here's one. This year's events, is it more predictable, do you think? Because of the events, you've got, you know, obviously deadlift ladders and, you know, uh, logs. You know, is it more predictable because of those things? I, I'm not sure about predictable because we've got, you know, if you go through all the way through to the final, there's 12 events mm. and there's also 30 guys. So, but so they're, they're, not that, they're not like out there quirky ones this year. I don't think so. Yeah. No, but even a deadlift ladder, honestly, like I think that is quirky because the man who can deadlift for reps, mm. a deadlift ladder is weird on your body. Yeah. Like, and it's strange. You've got you to pull quick, so you end up rushing your pulls sometimes. And you've got to work out, right, do I, you know, do I just mix grip or hook grip it or do I put my straps on how long do I take in my setup mm. you know, we saw that at Europe so I thought quite a lot some of the guys having to G themselves up for the, the mm. 370 and losing a lot of time or 375 guys that could pull that easily easy I think people look at the weight it. and go oh I can do I can do I can do they could all just about do a thousand pounds none of them did 400 kilos by the way just quick you know we were talking about Brian Shaw first and all mm. of his groups the anomaly is Tom Stolton so he won by being second and it was yeah. against Felix in stones, by the way. But mm. for me, that's where you kind of come into your own of that preparation. Cause I would be curious to know how many guys are really thinking through the deadlift ladder, like you've just described. Cause so many people, I think how on earth are you saving yourself for a final lift that you're not going to make on your best day? And are so slow going into it because so many places are determined by who's first or the third bar or the fourth bar. Yeah. And seldom do people think about, I'll lose the battle to try and win the war. Well, I think, you know, prime examples, Luke Stoltman at Europe's. Um, Luke will admit he's not, you know, deadlift's not a good event for him. But in a ladder situation, he got, it, he got it right. He did the three fast and mm. got that, I think he got that fourth one as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, and he got his time with the fourth one, but he got good points from that because, you know, he, he knew what he had to do. It was a bit of yeah. experience, you know. And I think it was the same for me when we did the, the log ladder um, a couple of years ago at Brits. You know, if I was giving people advice fast. on that, I'd say forget about the weight because, oh, it's 400, that's all it is, or it's 375, the, the fourth one. Forget about it because it's not. It's actually probably like the last one feels like 450. Mm. You know, you, you, you could pull 450 easy, you know, nowadays you pull it easy enough, but I bet the 400 on the fifth rep is harder than the 450. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I think people look at it and they have it in their mind, well, no, I can do that weight. I've done it loads of times. It's totally different. Yeah. Should we do some rapid-fire questioning to him? We've got yeah. questions from uh, from you guys <laughs> out there. And uh, Daz is... Yeah, so... Um, so, 505 pull mm. in August. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling? Are you going to do it? Yeah, I'm confident. You know, everything that's kind of... Everything's going in the right direction. Um, just, to, just to set it up, World Deadlift Championships... Yeah, five hundred and five kilos. Kilos so. in Cardiff. Yeah, August. Um, yeah, in August. Yeah, August the sixth, not the fourth. Not pounds. But yeah. Um, but how, yeah. How many? How many pounds is that? Out of interest, uh, do you know already? Twelve. Was it going to be twelve? Twelve? Isn't it? Twelve? Twelve? Is it twelve? Twelve? No, eleven. Surely 11, not. No, eleven. Twelve. Five oh five. Yes. Good number. Eleven. Twelve. Eleven. Twelve. Yeah. Eleven. Twelve. 
Um, no, I'm really, I'm really confident. I mean, I pulled that. I, I think out of the guys who pulled the thousand, I think I pulled it the best at the last last year's champs. It we got a real good go at four seventy five. It came up quick. Yeah, I know you didn't get it. You know, I think, I think it was maybe just one pull too many. That was my fourth yeah. pull over four hundred. Um, and you know that was in a single ply suit, so I'm moving over to the 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 big boy suit of the the double ply, and actually having a proper run at the deadlift champs, which I haven't had before because we've mm. had other comps in the way. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm really confident. But there's some monsters coming as well. Yeah, but I can't control what they're going to pull. I just know it. You know, I'm going to pull five hundred five, and yeah. that's it. Perfect. You know, but like yeah, literally, you can't control. I mean, you know, other guys could pull it as well. But I don't think anyone's going to go five hundred five and then take another one after that. So it was yeah. um, it was is Ivan a double ply suit? A big uh, orange number yeah, as well. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah. They they offer. I was shocked when I actually got hold of them. Um, how different they are to the single oh, ply okay. ones. Yeah. So I, I always thought I kind of disregarded them, but they're yeah. I think Novikov has used his for a while now with good results. Five oh five or podium at Worlds. Oh well, uh, podium at Worlds. Yes, or world's not title? not world title podium. What, what pays more? That's the question. It's all about the money. Five five. Yeah, all I, all think the, the money. I think the five or five will pay more this year. So yeah, I think we'll go for that one. They've got bills to pay now. I'm a professional, you know? So a good question from someone here is, what is the strongest rugby player you've ever met? Uh, the strongest I've worked with, uh, it depends how you measure strength, you know, but I think in terms of certain lifts, I'd probably say Marla was one of the most complete. For in terms of the most like naturally gifted and powerful, probably Carl Sinclair. Uh, and he has, worldwide, he has a raw, raw power. Worldwide, who's the strongest? Well, there, there was always talks of kind of Andrew Sheridan being super strong, but I never, never saw his lifts uh, directly. Henry Tuolangi, as well, a colleague of mine, one of the Tuolangi clan, uh, reported seeing him do kind of weights. He did like two hundred, three on the bench press, and then walked out, and never touched weights again that year. And he was an wow. absolute freak, um, <laughs> absolute freak, like 20, 20 stone of kind of like pure muscle running mm. at you was pretty nasty. Um, but yeah, that's who I've heard of. But the guys I've I've seen, I've spotted on lifts. Yeah, uh, we've got a couple of guys there, kind of squatting over two sixty, uh, benching around the two hundred mark. But to be able to do that and play a game of rugby as well, and, a different animal, you know? exactly. And and play rugby, you know, run up to kind of you know eighteen k a week, um, play a full eighty minutes, tackle, you know, do all these things, and do it every single week. I mean, we do a strongman show. Well, you know, if we do mm. a big year, maybe six in a year. Yeah, these guys are doing thirty three games in the season. It's insane. Cool, cool. What's your favourite event? I think it's pretty much clear as deadlift, isn't it? Uh, probably closely followed by yoke. I like I like a yoke race. And a cool. rising bar for reps on deadlift? Um, either. I like the maxes. It means I don't have to get so out of breath. <laughs> yeah, well, some people ask, what's your favourite event? It's not necessarily always what you're good at, though, is nah, it? My what, favorite, what do you enjoy doing? My favourite event to train is actually log press. Yeah, um, which you know is probably people really? regard it as my yeah people regard it as my weakest event, but I just I just love training. I think it's a proper kind of quintessential strongman event, and it's good fun. Some of the events I was good at, I actually hated doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. And just because you're good at it, it doesn't really mean you enjoy doing it. Why did Why did you pass out at the World Log Champs a couple of years ago? Uh, oh, because I'd just come back from another contest in America. I'd, <sighs> I'd flown. I I got back into the UK on the That's Tuesday, right. and I we'd forgot. done the Shore Classic, where we'd done eight events over two days at altitude, um, including a couple of beers after it. And then I was just spent when I got there. Clearly, you have, you have no fear of fainting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how, was, how, many times, yeah. how many times have you fainted out of interest in training and competition? Um, just, I think just, well, 2017, I face-planted with a shield. That was fun. Oh. 
That was honestly, I thought that's an injury. I yeah. saw him go down and it looked like your arm stayed His arm was under it. Yeah, oh, my, my left know. wrist stayed under it. It didn't swell up until the um, the safe press we did mm, that year. Yeah, uh, That was a bad year for me. A couple of months later, I tore my bicep off as well. So it was just bad things happened in one year. But that particular day, you were lucky. You didn't have a really serious injury. Yeah, it could be really thought, bad. Have honestly. you ever fainted Daz in training? Never, no. Never? No, never fainted. I've done it twice and both times. I was on the booze the night before. I was dehydrated. <laughs> yeah. Dehydration. I've only, I've only ever done it at your guys' shows. Yeah, only at Giants yeah. Live I've done it. Yeah. Yeah. But it was absolutely dehydration that caused that. I'm yeah. certain of it. Certain of it. And holding, obviously, holding your breath for too long. Yeah, on a really long lift. Yeah, I think with the with the Europe's obviously last year with the the log lift champs. I think it was obviously the, the travel bit kind of took more out of me than I thought it had. Um, definitely and yeah you're probably right with the, the hydration Flying, flying's hard work isn't it it's weird because you don't do anything but you get off a plane you're so tired yeah yeah. from being sat there isn't yeah. there some, some you being a sports scientist isn't there some fabulous research and facts about the Formula One came up with about flying and you shouldn't eat on before flights or during flights I, I'm not I'm not sure about that I know that it's a it's a day recovery for every hour, hour yeah. of uh, time difference. Whatever rhythm you have, you're yeah, which, yeah. Which, is, which is why I'll, which is why I'll move my I'll move my sleep pattern ready for worlds now. Okay, so I'll get myself onto um, like East Coast. Uh, sorry, West Coast. So you're going to stay up until ah, three, and three, four in the morning. That's just an excuse for having afternoon naps. That's yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. afternoon naps. We get no options. We get pulled up at three in the morning anyway. Still. Yeah. <laughs> so with Dan, Dan Paff, the athletics coach. Yeah, yeah. So Dan Paff coached, I won't bore you with athletes, but a number Atto of trackers. Them, yeah. Exactly, Great. and even up to Greg Weatherford. But he was exactly the same. So if you had a world champ at a given time, he was having you, you'd to have blackout blinds, you'd sleep at a certain time, all to peak and build, so you didn't have that. I, I did it. I did it last year, and it made a massive difference. Yeah. Massive difference for me. I felt fresher the year before when we were in. Um, there's, Florida, nothing, there's nothing worse than waking up at three in the morning. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, especially when you're going to have to like lift and do strongman. Like, you know, yeah. problem is when you go to World Strongest Man. Obviously, even just working there now. By the time you got used to it, you're coming back again. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you're like, oh no, and then you got to sort of start all over again. But you wake up at like four in the morning. Yeah. But you need obviously the Here's sleep. A thought. Is it, would, it, would it be worth sort of flying out to Sacramento early and, and just uh, training at a gym for ten days? Or I, I, I looked at it. Um, yeah, but then you got to find somewhere that's got better training facilities than you got at home, because yeah. otherwise you're gonna you're gonna sacrifice your training. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna have subpar yes. training, so yes. it's a, it's a you know. It's a kind of a toss-up, really. What about uh, the, um, how many days before a show do you sort of stop with the heavy stuff, like a week or a bit less? No, no, I usually train up. To, if I've got a Saturday show, I'll train heavy up until the Wednesday. Oh, yeah. um, but I, I keep the intensity high and drop all the volume because the volume is what's going to bring the fatigue. I know a lot of people have like like over a week off, and I always found you just go stagnant. Yep. Do you know, you just really? end up so, like so whenever I, So whenever you get sort of slightly injured or whatever, and you come back after... Even like five, six months, sometimes you're incredibly strong from for that one workout, though. Yeah. And then yeah, you go yeah, downhill yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. So it's for me, it was always about limiting fatigue. And it's the same now. And I started doing that uh, in the last couple of years and saw good results with it. So I've kind of kept with it. So, I mean, for example, before I, had a, I got, when I got second at the, um, the, uh, in Manchester last year, mm. um, I did like a, 180 log for three in training on the Wednesday and then that was it and then wow. I competed on the Saturday and it, I felt that was way better than me having the, the time off yeah you got fat I think it's probably different for everybody yeah but a lot of people they rest too long and they end up putting on extra weight even in that week yeah because they've changed the lifestyle you know yeah and they just don't move and it's, it's just affecting their recovery and yeah 100%
Our quick fire questions always turn into never quick or fire. <laughs> uh, uh, have you got any more, Daz? No, no, that's it. There you go, you've fired out now. That's it. Which, yeah, totally fired out. is a, a small magazine. Can, can I go one, one, one question? For, where, where are you going to finish? World's Strongest Man. Ooh. Jesus. Where? Where? Or? <laughs> yeah, where? Well, hopefully it's sacrament. <laughs> no, no, I thought, I thought you were asking when. I was like, are you telling me I'm retiring? Is that <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, look, my goal is top three this year. Uh, the events are the events are good for me, especially with that overhead in the final being a, a behind the neck jerk as opposed to anything else. Yeah, uh, my, my goals my goals top three. Going take like take Adam Bishop the, the the athlete out, replace him with um you know yourself in ten years time. Looking down, who who do, who do you, how do you see the results happening? In truth, if you're being honest with yourself, well, the, how do you see it that that final? The, the, guys, the guys to beat, are like Brian, obviously, you can write him off. You've got Tom as the defending champ. You've got Martins, who's looking fantastic when he's had time to prep. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then we're all fitting. Like Novikov's coming back in. He's doing great this year. So it's going to be the same old faces. Um, How's, what's Lissus's behind the neck jerk like? I'm quite excited to see what he can do. I'm not sure. I think it'd I'm be very sure. good. I think yeah, we're still he, he, should, he should be good. It's just whether his his shoulders can get under that bar. That's I what think, I think. That's I what think most Novikov guys are struggling with. Yeah, Novikov's got so much of that fast twitch muscle fiber. But everyone thought, you know, oh, Novikov at Worlds. You know, obviously there's the troubles that, that they're having in the country. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be on form, and then all of a sudden he comes and wins Europe. Yeah, you know. So uh, you know, I think with that behind the neck press, I think a lot of the guys who I've seen would be better just pressing it from the front. Um, which you can do both. If you if you've not got the flexibility to get under the bar, then I reckon you'd probably be better going from the front. In what's, what's the winning weight in that one? Doing? I think I think two thirty plus. Kilos. That's what I thought. Yeah. I thought two thirty, two forty. Yeah, definitely. We need to decide the weights. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ring around about what you're doing because we need to we need to have a start and a finish, and really want about five lifts. Well, when do when do we go to five kilo jumps? That's the uh, best one. Yeah. I think I yeah. think we should work towards it finishing. About two thirty-five. Two thirty-five. Yeah. I, I, I'd agree. Yeah, I'm looking at that. So, yeah. no, I think two thirty-five. My money's on two thirty-five. How much I'm of his time is interesting? Yeah, a lot, a lot. That movement is, is a very technical movement. It depends on the bar as well. If you've got like a weightlifting bar which has a bit of kind of whip, you can catch the, the whip. It's, and I'm I'm in no way. I wouldn't say I'm a technically proficient weightlifter. Like some of these weightlifters, that, proper weightlifters. Yeah, it's so vital. But if to you really get the timing get right, the weight, yeah. you can you can get a lot out of it. Um, but we you know we don't know what bar it is, so I've been training kind of both ways. I've been doing with a stiffer bar and a, a weightlifting bar. To touch wood, it should be it should have some whip. Yeah, we'd, we'd hope so, and, and that's really important. And that's very technical because if you also it's the same as like a deadlift bar. If you catch it wrong, it comes back down at you at the wrong point. Yeah, yeah. Then it, you, you've seen guys be spat oh, out yeah, yeah. from it that way as well. Mm. It's exciting. It's nice to see a new event at World's Strongest Man. Well, mm. mate. Thank you very much for your time. It's an absolute pleasure and fingers crossed you can do something incredible at World's Strongest Man this no year. Worries. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank Adam you, Bish. Cheers, Bish. Yeah, Bish. Cheers, son. <laughs> We've had our differences in the past. Is it bum bag or is it fanny pack? We're two powerful nations with a special relationship. For one night only, that special relationship ends. UK versus USA. Who is the strongest nation? Who is right? The strong men decide. World's Strongest Nation, 18th of November, MS Bank Arena, Liverpool. Tickets at giants-live.com. By the way, it's us. We're right. It's Bumbag, of course.